Welcome back to the show, everybody. Got a great episode for you today. Only have two reviews, one movie review and one TV review. Before I tell you what those are, just so you guys know, this is basically an audio compilation of my videos on YouTube. So you will be hearing me say, you know, hit the like button, subscribe and all that. Um, I will be doing a little bit more editing with this podcast in the coming weeks. Once I can get a little bit more equipment, same goes for the YouTube channel. But, uh, yeah, just a little explanation there in case you are new. Uh, but those reviews that I have for you today in order of how I'm reviewing them are Day Shift on Netflix, just came out, starring Jamie Foxx, Dave Franco, and Snoop Dogg. Um, very fun movie that I'm excited to talk about. And then after that, the final review will be for the first episode of She-Hulk on Disney+, Plus, She-Hulk Attorney at Law, that is. And I will be starting with my non-spoiler review for that and then getting into the spoilers and uh, if you guys don't want to hear the spoilers for that, I will tell you when to click off the episode. But yeah, two fun reviews for you guys today. Definitely excited to get into it. But before I do, I have to thank today's sponsors. This episode is sponsored by Audible, which if you don't know, has a great selection of audiobooks, originals, and podcasts. And right now, if you go to www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast, you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Plus, which lets you listen to a selection of audiobooks, originals, sleep tracks, meditation programs, and podcasts. Or you can get a free 30-day trial of Audible Premium Plus, which gives you all of that from Audible Plus, as well as one free title per month from an extended selection of bestsellers and new releases. And you own those, so that's awesome. So uh, yeah, if you want to go get that 30-day free trial of Audible, that website is www.audibletrial.com slash popculturepodcast. Now on with the show. It's 106 miles to Chicago. We got a full tank of gas, half a pack of cigarettes. It's dark and we're wearing sunglasses. Hit it. Right, so 2022's Night Shift is a Netflix original film directed by J.J. Perry, screenplay written by Tyler Tice and Shay Hatton, story by Tyler Tice, and the synopsis here is a hard-working blue-collar dad who just wants to provide a good life for his quick-witted 10-year-old daughter. His mundane San Fernando Valley pool cleaning job is a front for his real source of income, hunting and killing vampires. Uh, it stars Jamie Foxx as Bud Jablonski, and we also have Dave Franco in here as Seth, and Snoop Dogg as Big John Elliott. Pretty fun cast there. I like Dave Franco for the most part. We're not going to talk about his brother right now, but uh, I mean, Jamie Foxx, amazing actor. I really loved him. I mean, him in here kind of reminds me just a little bit of his character, uh, uh, Bats, I believe, from Baby Driver. Love that movie. It's one of my favorite movies of all time. And he is great in that film. And um, just kind of the badassery that he had in this film, he kind of has in here. But a little bit more so because, you know, he's literally murking these vampires. But uh, Dave Franco is Seth. His character is kind of hit and miss for me. Some of the comedy with his character 
I mean, in the trailer, if you watched it, there's a scene where he pees his pants and they do that more than once. And the first time it was funny enough, whatever. But, you know, having a joke like that in the trailer kind of undercuts the joke watching it in the movie. So you see it in the movie and it's like, that's kind of funny, but you see it more than once and you're just like, all right, I get it. He peed his pants, whatever. Um, you know, he's he's a weakling. He's not meant for the field. Uh, and then you have Snoop Dogg as ben, uh, Big John Elliott, who is a certified badass, but honestly, we really don't see enough of him in the film to really talk about him in depth. Um, and then, let me see here. I believe the villain of the film is played by Carla Souza. hopefully I'm saying that right, who plays Audrey San Fernando. Um, this is the most forgettable villain of all time. Um... Honestly, the villain is probably the last thing they thought of when it came to this movie. Um, not a strong villain whatsoever. And it's a bit of a spoiler to say this, but obviously, like, she ends up getting taken down in the end. And the way she gets taken down is kind of anticlimactic. So, um, I will say the, the final fight scene kind of lost me. The, the final act in general kind of lost me in a few spaces. And then also, you know entertain me in other in other parts as well but overall like the action in this film is my favorite part of it the way it's shot um like there's a there's a lot of really good shots in here uh let me look at my notes to see exactly what i said um nice camera work especially in the action the the camera work there's a chase scene where the camera comes out of the sunroof and it's like a drone shot so it keeps going up and I thought that was the coolest shot ever. Then there's other shots where, like, um, you know, Jamie Foxx's character's flipping a vampire over and the camera, like, flips with it. And it's little subtle stuff like that that I very much appreciate. Even the smaller stuff when it's not an action scene, when they're just walking and it's just a one shot of them walking. Like, even that, even the small stuff like that I appreciate. So there's, there's a lot of good aspects to this film. Some of the comedy really lands for me. Some of the characters are really fun to watch. Um, Dave Franco, as annoying his, as his character it can be at sometimes, um, I, I still like him. You know, he's, I probably honestly like him more than, uh, than Jamie Foxx's character just because, I don't know, there's something about Dave Franco that I like. His, his comedic timing in this, uh, in this movie is very funny. Um, you know, he is just kind of there to be the weakling, but also you're kind of rooting for him because, yeah, he, you know, he's the underdog. Um, Jamie Foxx, on the other hand, you're rooting for him because the whole thing with him is that he's trying to provide for his kid. His wife might be moving to Florida. This takes place in Los Angeles, uh, San Fernando Valley to be specific. And yeah, they might be moving away. They don't know anything about what he does. The thing I was curious about going into this movie is if it would be like a Bright situation. Uh, the Netflix movie Bright with Will Smith where all these like monsters and like fairy tale creatures live in the real world and people know about them. But it seems like here, the whole vampire thing is kind of like an underground thing. People don't necessarily know about it. So uh, his wife and his daughter doesn't know about what he does for a living. So that's kind of like a point of contention there. But um, yeah, some other actors we have in here. We got Steve Howery. Yeah, no, not Howery. Steve Howie. Uh, as Mike Nazarian. He's only in one scene, but it's a great action scene where he is there with, I believe, is it Scott Adkins as Deeran Nazarian? Yeah, should be. 
Uh, they're like brothers, vampire hunters in this movie. And there's a whole scene with them where uh, Bud, Seth, Mike, and Dyron, hopefully I'm saying that right, all show up to this like, you know, nice suburban house, but it turns out to be a hive for vampires. And it's the coolest action scene in this movie. Honestly, it feels like it should have been the scene for the, you know, final act, but that was really fun to watch. And Steve Howie, I like him a lot. Uh, Scott Adkins, I'm not too familiar with. Maybe if I looked at his IMDb page, I'd recognize some stuff that he's been in. But Steve Howie, he is from, uh, he's from the American version of Shameless. Uh, I think his character's name is Kevin. Always liked him on that show, so it was fun to see him in here. Uh, Eric Lange as Ralph Seeger. He's like the head of, uh, this union, vampire hunting union that they have in the movie. Uh, and then Peter Stormare, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Troy. He's kind of like a, a pawn shop, you know, vampire uh, uh, tooth kind of dealer kind of dude. You bring the teeth to him and he, he gives you money for him. But uh, yeah, and then Megan Good as Jocelyn Jablonski, the wife or ex-wife of Bud. And then playing the kid is Zion Brodnex. Hopefully I'm saying that right, as Paige. Um, and that's pretty much the main cast for you. It's a fun film overall. The concept isn't anything I think is like too original, but they, they had fun with it. I mean, my favorite part of this film is just watching Jamie, uh, Jamie Foxx and Dave Franco just riff off of each other and kind of become buds in the film. Uh, no pun intended, but yeah, just seeing them like at first they don't like each other too much Seth he is not made for the field and so he's this weakling out there he's honestly more of a uh, a liability than anything but he's sent out there by Ralph Seeger to keep an eye on Bud because Bud he uh, I believe got kicked out of the union before for not po following protocol um so this is like his last chance that he got from Big John Elliot because Snoop Dogg's characters he's the the big hoss of the union um so anything, you know, if, if you have a recommendation from him, then, you know, you, you gotta, you gotta get a meeting with the boss. So yeah, it's just one of those characters. Uh, he definitely smokes some weed in the movie as Snoop Dogg does. Wouldn't expect anything less than that. Um, I don't know. I'm kind of struggling to come up with other things to say about the movie. So let me look at my notes here. Uh, dope opening fight scene, definitely, definitely. Um, oh yeah, they uh, they do some fun effects with the vampires where you actually can't see them in the mirror. But a lot of times when you see like invisible people, you just don't see anything in the mirror. But no, they have clothes on. Those clothes aren't invisible. So you just see floating clothes fighting Jamie Foxx. And I thought that was really fun. Um, you know, the, the traditional vampire things are true in this, but also... There's other kinds of vampires and other things that they do to, you know, not have these weaknesses weaken them as much, I guess you could say. Like they said, they have sunscreen so they can be out in the sun for like 20-ish minutes. So like wooden stakes, that still gets them. Um, um, shit, what kind of bullets? Uh, it's not lead bullets. It's uh, silver bullets. Silver bullets get them and uh beheading them uh what else i already said the the whole invisible and mirror thing and the sun hurts them so yeah they stick to some traditional stuff but they do some spins on it which don't completely work for me but you know i'm, I'm willing to 
not suspend my disbelief or but just you know kind of roll with the punches i guess um let me see here i already talked about the amazing camera work for sure um and i already talked about that peeing the pants joke that they did more than once um the second time it came up i was just like okay you did it once that was enough it was funny uh the first time for the most part but doing it twice just kind of ruined it for me so um yeah i think i pretty much covered everything i i wish this review could be longer but um you know there's not a whole lot i can say about this it's a it's a good film it's fun to watch it's entertaining is it my favorite film of this year not at all is it the worst film i've seen so far this year no not at all uh would i watch it again probably not but if they made a sequel i would definitely go back and watch this one honestly i would like to see a sequel uh with these same characters as well so that would that would be really fun to see where these characters could go next so mostly positive on this movie but it didn't completely blow me away and there's also some things in there that i noticed that i was like that doesn't really make sense like in the final battle I'm not going to spoil anything huge, but like he sets up a certain trap and I'm just like, how would you have had the time to set that up without being noticed? And there's just small things like that, that just really confuse me. Little plot holes, I guess you could say. Um, so there's definitely some plot holes. Um, I don't know. I don't have a whole lot of complaints other than like, you know, those plot holes. And then the villain is just completely underwhelming. Like you don't get enough time with the villain to really give a shit about them. They set her up to be like this big boss that everybody kind of has to bend the knee to and um, do as she says, but we never really see a whole lot of that. We don't see her actually like, you know, bending and breaking these people so they'll do whatever the hell she wants. We don't see any of that. We just hear about it. So I don't know. She's not that interesting of a villain to me. A pretty weak villain, I, I will say. Um, so that, that definitely takes it down quite a bit because, I mean, a, a movie is only... The protagonist and just the, the film overall, it's only as good as the antagonist. Like, you need to have a good antagonist for the film. And you don't need an antagonist for every film because there's movies that don't have them and they work very well. But... If you're doing a movie like this and you're going to have a main villain, you got to do more with it because it was, it was really, I wouldn't say disappointing, but just like I said, underwhelming. So the villain, not strong at all. Um, maybe physically strong because she definitely kicked Jamie Foxx's character around quite a bit towards the end there. But um, I don't know. You just never really got to know anything about her and come to understand why you, you and the other characters that she's around should fear her so yeah uh overall i think i'm gonna give this movie a 6.5 out of 10 i definitely enjoyed quite a bit of it but you know that that villain it really messed a lot of things up for me honestly um and then towards that that final fight scene between jamie fox and uh and carla Souza's character I uh, just felt a little anticlimactic. So, yeah. Um, there you go. There's my review for... Excuse me. Felt the burp coming up. Uh, <laughs> there's my review for 2022's Day Shift on Netflix. 
Have you seen it? What did you think about it? Do you love it? Do you hate it? Are you in the middle? I am in the middle, but more towards liking it. Um, I would love to know what you guys think down in the comments below. Let me know. And if you haven't seen it, let me know if you're planning on watching it. Did my review make you want to watch it or make you not want to watch it? Uh, just let me know, you know? I'd like to hear from you guys. Uh, leave a like on the video. Subscribe. Hit that notification bell so you never miss an upload. And I will be back sometime during the next week or so to talk about God knows what. I, I need to watch the Alien franchise, so you'll probably be getting a few Alien reviews. So maybe, maybe... Expect that within the next week or so, and then uh, next Thursday I should be seeing a couple of Idris Elba movies, doing a little Idris Elba double feature, so stay tuned for all that. Like I said, hit that subscribe button and the notification bell so you never miss an upload so you can get those videos. Um, I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Pop Culture Podcast. Link in the bio of my Instagram page will take you to a page full of links where you'll find a link to my website, my Tee Public store, where to find my podcast on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Um, yeah, I think that's all I got for you guys. I'll see you in the next one. All right, so She-Hulk Episode 1 is available now on Disney+. Plus, and this is going to be my non-spoiler slash spoiler review. Going to be starting with the non-spoilers, then getting into the spoilers. And uh, for those of you listening on the podcast, this will be the last review of the day. So once I get to those spoilers, go ahead and click off the episode. And for those of you watching on YouTube... When I get to the spoilers, if you don't want to hear them, click off the video. Um, so yeah, She-Hulk episode one. This episode is called A Normal Amount of Rage. And uh, it's basically the origin of She-Hulk slash Jennifer, Wil Jennifer Winters. I almost said Winters. Jennifer Walters. Um, so we kind of get to see how she got her powers and get to little, know a little bit about her and what she does. She's a uh, an attorney, not quite a lawyer right I don't know all that I don't know all the lingo and stuff like that but she's an attorney at law and basically one day she ends up getting the powers of the Hulk from her cousin Bruce which played here by Mark Ruffalo once again and you know Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner slash smart Hulk in this show I I like Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk for the most part I think I do like him more than um uh, is it Edward Norton? Is that his name? Something like that. Um, I, I do like him better than Edward Norton, but I don't know. There's something about his line delivery sometimes that I don't necessarily buy. And especially in this first episode, there were times where it felt like he was kind of reading off of cue cards, which he probably was because he was most likely in a studio and everything else was just CGI, which by the way, the CGI in him looks really good. I'll get to the CGI on uh, on She-Hulk in a minute here. But, yeah, at times, like, even in Endgame, like, that one scene where he's saying, um, how do you know if we do this, it won't turn, it'll turn out differently than before, or it won't turn out the same as it was before. You might know that line. It was towards the beginning of the movie. And something about his delivery in that in that scene just never felt real to me. I don't know if it's something about... Because I've seen Mark Ruffalo and other stuff that I've really liked him in. And I think he, he can really pull off, like, dramatic talent. And, um, I mean, in this show, it's a little less drama. It's a little more comedy. But this episode, I mean, it still has elements of drama that they don't, like in Thor Ragnarok, that they don't just undercut with a joke. Um, so, I don't know. There's something about his line delivery that just seems a little uh, seems a little weird sometimes to me. But 
you know, it doesn't really bother me that much. Uh, and then we have Ginger Gonzaga, hopefully I'm saying that right, as Nikki Ramos, the best friend to uh, Jennifer Walters, which we really don't see a whole lot of in this episode. This episode is mainly just Jennifer and Bruce, uh, which I really do like. I mean, you kind of need that. And this show breaks the fourth wall. If you didn't see that in the trailers, I just told you, this show breaks the fourth wall. And it, I'll get to that in a minute. Like in the spoiler discussion, I'll get to why I like that in a minute. But, excuse me. Um, what, what, what was I about to say? I don't even know. Um, before I say anything else, look at this cool ass shirt from Real Rejects. Thank you very much, Real Rejects, for the shirt. I mean, I bought it. You, you guys didn't, like, just give it to me. But, yeah, I really like this shirt. This is, like, my new favorite shirt. So, go over to Zero Edition, I believe it's called. ZeroEdition.com. And pick, your, pick yourself up some Real Rejects merch if you are a fan. And if you're not, if you haven't heard of Real, Real Rejects, I can't talk right now. Have them on the podcast back in 2020. Love those dudes. Go check out their channel. They are awesome. They have a reaction to the first episode of She-Hulk out as well. Um, so yeah, in this episode, we mainly just see Tatiana Maslany as Jennifer Walters and Mark Ruffalo as Bruce Banner. Um, her kind of learning about her powers, her, her newfound powers that she got from her cousin, um, you know, her trying to adapt to having those powers and then also kind of adapting really quickly to having them. Um, I won't even lie. This, this show like has a montage of her just doing everything better than Bruce. And I'm just like, the fact that it's so easy for her and like so effortless felt a little cheap and it felt like they were just trying to keep things moving because it's oh, it's a funny sitcom show, like, we gotta set things up, but from here on out, this show is basically gonna be a sitcom, and, uh, I don't mind that, but at the same time, you gotta make the training seem like, you gotta make it seem like it's a, at least a little bit of a struggle to her, and maybe we'll see her, I mean, I have a feeling we'll see her struggle more throughout the, the, uh, coming episodes with her powers, her identity, and whatnot, I mean, from the trailers alone, it seems like her powers and her She-Hulk form gives her a lot of confidence, but I think that's kind of going to be a double-edged sword in this show. She's going to find really good things about it that makes her confident and makes her a badass and probably gives her a lot of success as well in her career, but at the same time, there's going to be drawbacks. There's going to be things that she hates about being She-Hulk, so I mean, I'm, I'm excited for it. Hopefully they don't just make it oh, I'm so great at this, this is the best, I'm She-Hulk, and I'm in my best form, and everything's great 100% of the time. I don't think that's what it's gonna be, but if it is, I'll be kind of disappointed. But as of this first episode, uh, let me talk about the CGI on She-Hulk. Is it bad? No. I don't think it looks bad at all. My TV, granted, isn't like the biggest TV ever. I think it's like a 32-inch. It's big enough for the room I have, but um, maybe because I didn't see it super up close, there are certain flaws that I missed. There are a couple scenes where she seems a little stiff with the animation, uh, you know, scenes where she's, like, turning around to look at Bruce, especially in that scene, um, and we saw, like, a little clip from it, from it so I can kind of say it. Um, there's a scene where he's talking about, oh, we're hulks, so we don't, I mean, we can get drunk, but we won't have the bad effects of it, of, like, being sick, so, um... Yeah, there's a scene where she's, like, turning around as he's, like, shaking up a drink. And her her movements just felt a little stiff there. And then there's just, like, I don't know, there's just... 
the skin is a little too smooth and like doesn't have enough detail and like maybe a little roughness to it and that can partially be because you know she's a female she doesn't like have the hairs and all that and like as many i don't know i mean the hulk has so much detail to him you can see like each pore each hair like each muscle and with she hulk it's a little a little less detailed and a lot a lot more smooth and i don't necessarily hate it I think the thing I don't like the most about it is like, I don't know. The thing I don't like most about it is just like, you can't really see the muscle or anything like that. You can't really tell like that she has, well, that she's strong really. I mean, I guess Does that makes sense kind of, I don't know. Not really. Um, I think the face looks good for the most part. In most scenes, I think the face looks as real as they can get it to be. But there's just something about like her movements and stuff like that and just the way her body works that doesn't seem completely real. I mean, it's a CGI character and also Marvel doesn't give realistic, you know, a realistic amount of time to their uh, their editors and, and their visual effects artists to actually get this done completely. Um, the thing about Bruce Banner slash Smart Hulk is that you already had that those effects at the ready because they had those in Endgame. So, you know, there's there's some slight imperfections, but nothing that really takes me out of the show. The thing I was worried about most is like the Uncanny Valley where it's like you just can't stop staring at it and being like, there's something wrong with it, but I can't, can't quite tell. And there's a little bit of that for sure, but overall it didn't ruin the experience for me. Um, I watched the episode twice now and... Um, it really never took me out of it. So we'll see how it is going forward. If it kind of deteriorates going forward in each episode, uh, just because of, you know, time limits on the, the VFX artists, but, uh, we shall see. Um, do I have anything else I really have to say in terms of non-spoilers? Um, I do think this should have been a two episode premiere. Um, I don't know if I said this or not, but this episode's about 30 to 35 minutes, including credits. Yes, there is an after credit scene, so stay tuned for that. I think I might have already said that, but um, uh, yeah, I do think this should have been a two-episode premiere just to get this origin in, and then one more episode to like kind of set things up and see where where everything's going. Um, especially with nine episodes, like we've had two-episode premieres for other Marvel shows. I can't remember exactly which one, but we've had two-episode premieres for Marvel shows that are only like six episodes. So to have something with nine episodes and only do a one episode premiere, I mean, I just felt like I wanted more. I wasn't necessarily like craving more. I was just like, I have to have the next episode. I absolutely love this so much. It's my new favorite Marvel show because it's really not. The, out of all the the first episodes of these MCU, MCU shows, this, what I wouldn't say it's the weakest one, but it's definitely not the strongest one. Could I tell you what the strongest one is? Not necessarily. I'd have to go back and rewatch all of them, but... Um, just knowing, you know, I, I've seen all the other MCU shows. So just knowing, you know, prior having all these other first episodes be pretty great for the most part. Uh, this one isn't my favorite, but I still like it. You get some cool moments with Bruce and Jennifer. So, I mean, it's always good to see an Avenger for sure. Um, and then I think I already kind of said this, but this episode is mostly an origin about how Jen got her powers and sets up what may come next. So, 
Uh, fun watching Bruce and Jen interact. Uh, I already said the, there's an after credit scene. Um, already talked about the CGI. I like Tatiana Maslany as, as Jennifer Walters so far. I think that's all I have in terms of non-spoilers. So, uh, let's get into that spoiler discussion. And it's, it's less of like a spoiler review and more of like just talking about the things that happen in this episode and kind of breaking it down a little bit. But yeah, if you don't want any spoilers for the first episode of She-Hulk, I suggest you click off the video now. Or if you listen to the podcast, click off the episode now. Thank you all so much for watching slash listening. I will see you guys in the next one. For those of you who are here for the spoilers and have watched the episode or just don't care, welcome. Let's talk about it. Um, so the first thing I have in my notes here, breaking the fourth wall. And the interesting thing about her breaking the fourth wall is that she doesn't do it until she is She-Hulk. Um, you know, granted, we, I guess we see a little bit of her as just Jennifer Walters without, you know, having the, the blood in her to transform into the Hulk. I think as soon as she got those powers, that's when this fourth wall breaking thing was kind of unlocked because we see her do it in the very beginning of the episode when we already know that all this stuff happened. And then we, you know, go back in time a few months with her and Bruce so at that point, when we see her in the very beginning of the episode, she already has those powers and she starts off by breaking the fourth wall pretty much. Um, and then the first time she really does it is when, and we saw the shot in the trailers where Bruce says, if you want to go back to your life uh, being a lawyer, that's fine. I, I respect that. And then she's like, oh, thanks. And then she's like, and I'm doing the whole hand thing. She had like her hand up. She's like, he doesn't mean that. And then she almost looks confused, like, what did I, who am I talking to? And then Bruce is just kind of like, but uh, my favorite part of this episode for sure is the part where she is in that laboratory in that little box and they're talking about like unlocking her emotions or whatever. And she tells them to put on a Pixar movie and she's talking about bing bong and all that. And the funniest part of this episode, she's talking about that. And she's like the part where bing bong, like uh, I forget exactly what she says, but, but Hulk is like, oh my stop stop bing bong oh my god and i'm like that is the funniest thing in this episode that is so funny i love that i mean i, I get it it's disney making disney humor talking about their other movies and other properties but i like that shit so keep doing it um yeah uh let me see here like i already said it may flashback a few months uh, let me see here bruce made a device for himself that keeps him in human form uh, I forget exactly, uh, inhibitor, inhibitor, I believe is what he called it. This little device that's on him. And that's kind of how he is allowing his arm to heal. Everybody, like maybe not everybody, but at least I was wondering like in the poster end credit scene of, uh, or poster after credit scene, I mean, of Shang-Chi, we see a hologram of Bruce with the sling on, but he's not in smart Hulk, smart Hulk form. He is in his human form. And so ever since then, I was wondering why is he is why is he in his human form? But the show makes it all make sense. Basically, he's in his human form, and it's it's basically what I thought. He's in his human form to help his arm heal. Um, and then they explain that Jennifer's blood uh, ends up, you know, actually healing his arm completely, so he can be his integrated self, uh, the Smug Hulk, as she referred him to as. Yeah. Um, Bruce, uh, I already read that, uh, ship shows up in the middle of the road, it's, just, it's a Sakarian ship, looks exactly like the ship that, uh, that Thor stole, the Orgy ship, 
uh, from Thor Ragnarok, where they escape from Sakaar. And it could be setting up two, two possible things, maybe both. One, maybe Hulk has a son. I saw this on a thumbnail for New Rockstars. Possible that he might have a son, uh, because I think he does in the comics. And then another possibility is that they might be setting up a planet-slash-World War Hulk film. So that would be a really interesting thing for them to do, and I would definitely be into that. The whole thing with that, though, is that the Hulk is owned by Universal, I believe. Uh, so it's a little difficult to actually make movies about him right now. They can feature him in whatever they want, but making solo films, they're not quite allowed to do as far as I know. Maybe that's different now, but last I heard, they don't have full rights to that character in order to, like, make a movie or show about him. Um, yeah. Uh, Jennifer cut her arm, got Bruce's Bruce's blood in her, and uh, that's essentially what gave her her powers. In the comics, it was like a gunshot, and then she got a blood transfusion from Bruce, which ended up giving her powers. Um definitely uh, the safer route for this and also setting up future things for the MCU. And I, I like how Bruce just kind of shrugged it off. Like, yeah, I should probably look into that with the whole Sicarian ship, but he's like, yeah, not right now. Um, let me see here. Yeah. I already talked about the effects. Uh, Bruce stops her from attacking dudes outside of a bar. She ends up waking up in that beach house in Mexico. That's, um uh, tony bought for bruce and we got some nice moments of bruce talking about how he built a bar with tony there and all that and it was like uh and, and real rejects i noticed this in their reaction that greg some said something about oh this must be like in the civil they must have did this in like the civil war uh like post-civil war and i'm like well you're not necessarily wrong post-civil war but this would be more post-infinity war uh, so maybe you just messed up on that, whatever. Uh, but I was just like, I know more than you, nerd. No, I'm kidding. Um, let me see here. There was some stuff on display. There was like the helmet that uh, Hulk had in Thor Ragnarok. He had that on display in the house. Uh, what looked to be an Iron Man helmet or possibly an Ultron helmet on display. Um, and I think there was something else on display, but I'm not necessarily sure what it was. I, I watched a real, uh, new rock stars breakdown, but I don't remember everything. Uh, let me see here. Already talked about the Sakarian ship and the world war Hulk slash planet Hulk possible setup. Talked about bing bong, uh, Titania at the very end of the episode ends up attacking the courtroom and Jen hulks out and that one dude who's going to basically run the superhuman law division um you know he sees all that going down and that kind of sets up what she might be doing in the coming episodes which not even might we know that she's doing that but uh let me see here after credits america's ass that's what i wrote drunk jen but not really drunk and uh, i just love the way they end that where where she's just like captain america fuck! and i was just like that was probably one of my favorite after credit scenes of any Marvel show or movie, period. Honestly, that is hilarious. And I hope they continue to do those, like, kind of joke after credit scenes for each episode, because I would really love that. Um, 
hopefully we will see more of Titania. I'm sure we will, played by Jamila Jamil. And I really loved her on The Good Place. So having her in the show, I'm very excited for. Also very excited for Tim Roth to come back as Mil Blonsky slash Abomination. Excited to see Benedict Wong as Wong. Um, Renee Elise Goldsberry, who played, uh, which one? I think Angelica, right? In Hamilton. Uh, she's going to be playing Mallory Book. So I'm excited to see her. Obviously excited to see Charlie Cox as Matt Murdock slash Daredevil. So, um, yeah, there's going to be a lot of good stuff in this show for sure. And in the promos, she's like, uh, don't expect a, a cameo each episode, each week, unless it's Bruce or or uh, Emil Blonsky or Wong. And we didn't see Wong or Emil Blonsky in this episode, but we did see Hulk. And uh, I'm curious how many episodes we actually will get, like, cameos from people we either know or will know going forward. So there's a lot of good stuff in store, I'm sure. I really do wish this was a two-episode premiere, but it is what it is. I guess I'm fine with one for now. Um, did I love it? Eh. Uh, it's not my favorite first episode of any MCU show, but I don't think it's the worst. I really hope that this show continues to, like, improve each episode and becomes more fun. I mean, not that this episode wasn't fun. Seeing Hulk and Jennifer fight was really fun. Um, and just, I don't know, there's a lot of fun elements to this episode, but I don't know, we'll, we'll really have to wait and see going forward how, how everything turns out. So there's my review, non-spoiler and spoiler for episode one of She-Hulk on Disney Plus. Uh, for those of you who stick, stuck around for the spoilers, hopefully you either just really don't care about the spoilers or you've already watched the episode. Thank you all so much for watching. I will see you in the next one where... I might be reviewing Day Shift with Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, and Dave Franco. Maybe. Might be watching that tonight. But I'm also debating on doing a live stream tonight. So we shall see. But thank you all so much for watching. I will see you in the next one. Thank you all so much for listening. I will see you later on in the week where I should be reviewing both Beast. And then I keep forgetting the title. It's like three, four, or 5,000 years of longing. Both starring Idris Elba. Going to be doing a bit of an Idris Elba double feature. Um... So yeah, if you want to get those reviews earlier, because the podcast version comes out like usually a couple days after my last review. So if you want to get these reviews and just videos in general sooner, then go check out my YouTube channel. Don't have a custom URL yet, so I always recommend going to my Instagram, which is at popculturepodcast. The link in the bio of my Instagram will take you to a page full of links where you should find the link to my YouTube channel as well as my website, my Tee Public store, um, and then also links to Instagram, Facebook, and uh, where to listen on all major podcast platforms. So, uh, yeah, there you go. The, uh, the username is the same for my Facebook as well, so at Pop Culture Podcast for both. If you want to follow me at either place or both, I would appreciate that. Um, public store definitely go check that out got a few designs available there that mjolnir shirt a shirt that mjolnir design um that i have on on my tea public store should be leaving soon just because uh, i i do those sometimes for like the release of movies and they don't usually stick around you know permanently so definitely go check that out if you want i would appreciate if you grabbed an item there um I'm trying to think if there's anything else I wanted to say. 
Might be reviewing some Alien movies this week. May or may not be doing that. Uh, for those of you who don't know, I was going to watch all the Predator films, all the Alien films, then finish with the Alien vs. Predator films, and do a big tier list for them. Already finished all the Predator films, so now i wa got to watch the Alien ones and then the Alien vs. Predator. So it might take me a little bit, but hopefully I can get to a few of them, or at least a couple this week. Um, I also want to watch the original Orphan and then Orphan First Kill. Uh, both are on Paramount Plus, or yeah, I think so, Paramount Plus. Uh, so I, excuse me, hiccups. Uh, I want to be watching those this week too, so we'll we'll see what I get to, honestly. It's nice that that is on a streaming platform, so I don't have to go to the movies and do it. Saves me a lot of time and money and just all that back and forth. Uh, this has definitely been a rough week for me. Car is a little bit out of commission and, um, you know, have a fractured hand, so... Yeah, life has been fun, but I'm making the best of it, trying to trying to still put some content out and keep a positive attitude. So thank you all so much for listening. I will see you guys next time, and uh, take her easy.